This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Champion Forum. I am super excited today to deliver a guest that I'm about to introduce to you uh, that has an amazing story that I know we're all going to benefit from. You know, with the upcoming Veterans Day, I thought, who better than, than to have on than somebody that is a decorated veteran, somebody that's passionate about veterans, and somebody that just has an amazing story to tell us. As many of you know, I'm a military veteran. I'm very passionate about our men and women in service. And as a tribute to the upcoming Veterans Day, I wanted to highlight a veteran that has a tremendous story of pursuit that I know will be very thought-provoking and add value to all of us. Rich Cardona is a former Marine turned leadership developer for Amazon, turned business owner and entrepreneur. He is very passionate about our military veterans. He's also very passionate about a leadership development and entrepreneurship. So you can see why I'm excited about a guy like Rich Cardona, a lot of the same things that I get very, very excited about and that I'm also very passionate about. And when I learned about Rich's storyline, I knew that he was someone that I really wanted to have on the show. So today we're going we're gonna to dive into some of these areas, these three key areas with Rich that I know is going to bring value to all of us, whether, whether you're in leadership today, uh, maybe you're in the military and you're listening to this. Maybe you are in uh, the corporate, uh, running up the corporate ladder and you have people reporting to you. Or maybe you are somebody that is uh, maybe thinking about taking the leap to becoming your own entrepreneur. And I also want to say that uh, those of you that might be listening that are veterans or transitioning veterans, uh, Rich is a tremendous voice for that community. And, uh, and he is here to help give some advice from some of the things that he's learned from. So Rich, thank you for investing time and welcome to the Champion Forum. I am excited, I am fortunate, and I am grateful to be a guest. Uh, you know I'm a big fan of yours and I all I hope is that I give your audience value that they're looking for and all those, those three kind of buckets that you mentioned is where I live. That is, those are my spaces where I, I just love to live and everything comes out and uh, I'm ready, I'm ready to go. Well, we're excited to have you, and uh, I've talked to you briefly a few times. I follow you on social media. Uh, you know, your, your webcast is amazing. You know, in such a short amount of time, what you've been able to accomplish and some of the big names that are out there in your pursuit, uh, you know, I knew you were somebody that I wanted to learn from. And, uh, you know, as if your military experience wouldn't have been enough, uh, wait, there's more. Uh, the story just keeps unfolding. So, I know a little bit about your story and I have followed you and we've talked, had a few conversations. If you would, maybe please share your story of the pursuit uh, and your journey with our listeners starting way back, even maybe into high school, you know, when you were, uh, you know, you were an athlete and trying to figure out school and maybe wasn't really sure where you were going. It's an amazing story and ultimately why you decided to pursue the military and to where you are yeah. today. Absolutely. Um, someone, you know, asked me recently, you know, do you ever practice that exercise? You know, uh, what, what do you want your tombstone to say? Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing I hope to, to keep consistent during the duration of this interview is, is that I, I never settle. 
Um, and this is not, um, you know, something that I innately knew about myself. It's just a pattern that I recognized to be true. And it started in high school where I was, I was not a good high school student and I was certainly capable. I mean, you heard, I heard the words told, you know, said to me a million times over, you have so much potential. You have so much potential. Uh, I didn't care. I, I was obsessed as many high schoolers are with popularity, with notoriety, with being visible, with uh, not standing out for the wrong reasons, with, you know, fitting in and not fitting out. And uh, that eventually caught up to me. I, I was definitely heavy into drug use and I mean, you know, just benign things and, and alcohol. And I mean, here I was just, just, I didn't care. And, and, it wasn't long before I just admitted to myself that my social life meant far more to me than my academic life and my potential educational, you know, transgression. Mm -hmm. That being said, um, you know, I, I, by sophomore year, I'd stopped playing football. I'd stopped running track. I was just hanging out with whoever doing all these things until um, I ran into a <laughs> Marine Corps recruiter. And, um, it's very interesting. I think is in my hometown of Morristown, New Jersey. And I believe, I believe I tried to talk to the Navy first and they weren't available. And <laughs> or no, I mean, who knows? Maybe they're on their three hour lunches. All right. That's just a little, <laughs> they saw you, you know, coming. Banner, a little, <laughs> yeah, a little banner right there. But, um, so then I end up talking to the Marine short, stocky gentleman, just unbelievably sharp uniform. I'm like, okay. So he probably understood the minute we locked eyes that it was over for me. So he's, uh, you know, I like to just say he was the absolute used car salesman of them all. And um, <laughs> he told me I was going to be part of the world SWAT team and, and just all these amazing things that me as a junior in high school who never touched a weapon, who was extremely nonviolent, not, not by choice, but just I just wasn't really exposed to a lot, was like, okay. And we talked and then I signed up for the delayed entry program, which uh, as a junior, essentially I committed to the Marine Corps, you know, so once I was done with, uh, once I graduated, I would be off. Well, Jeff, I'm not actually sure I told this story before, but two days before high school graduation, I got arrested because mm -hmm. I had people over my house and I was drinking. We took that party to another party and we got locked out of my friend's apartment and I was trying to kick the door in with someone else. And as you would have, as it would have it, Cops come in, cops come on, and as I'm getting put in the police car, my friends who were a year ahead of me coming back from their freshman year of college mm -hmm. watch me in this apartment complex getting put into a police car. We go and we're on the way uh, to the police station. We get to the police station. This gentleman's talking to me and saying all these things, and he's got this big sticker on his board and it says Semper Fi. And I said, I'm supposed to join the Marine Corps. And he goes, not like this. And I don't remember what exactly transpired in that conversation, but he allowed me to obviously make my call and I call home. Everyone's in town for graduation. Yeah. My aunt picks up the phone. She comes and picks me up. And my parents didn't even find out about this until I was in boot camp. So clearly wow. I ended up making it to the Marine Corps. But the reason I'm telling you all this, uh, and, and I hope it makes sense, is I was self-aware way earlier than I ever knew. 
And it was the desire for more, the realization that I was going nowhere, that what I was doing was temporary, that I knew I could climb my way out of it. And that with a plan, I could go into the Marine Corps for four years, get some discipline, get some GI Bill, get some money for college, make my parents proud and be like, look, you never had to come out of pocket because they weren't even in a position to come out of pocket for me. I would have wasted their money and I knew it. So went to the Marine Corps, uh, plan on doing four years. That was 1998, three years into that something pretty historic happened and turned into 17 years of service. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's how it went. Hey, Rich. Uh, I mean, when you're telling this story, it's like eerie close to my story. It's just amazing to me. And, you know, you had mentioned you were going to go for four years and then obviously nine 11 happens. Um, what made you stay? I enlisted, re-enlisted uh, about two weeks later, and the only reason I didn't do it sooner is because after 9-11, we were on a boat like 48 hours later, yeah. uh, you know, just, just to make sure there was a presence in certain key areas. We happened to be in Okinawa at the time. Um, not only that, but I didn't hear from my parents for two days because as luck would have it, they were in the air out of Newark in that same 12-minute window when everything was happening. Amazing. Uh, so they got rerouted to Atlanta. I, I wasn't able, I, 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 I didn't even get to talk to them until I was on the ship, which is absolutely crazy. So, uh, what made me re-enlist was, I mean, a number of reasons. It was just like, how do you leave now? Right. Like this, you, when you sign up, when service members sign up, I, 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 I hope for those who eventually will join, you know, our military is that you don't sign up for peacetime. You sign up for that time that just the majority of the American population never wants to be in, in a position to have to do any of the things that we do, right. you know, and, and, and I don't mean some of the, the scary things. I just mean the deployments, the lifestyle, the everything. So right. how, how could I possibly look forward to ending my enlistment and going to college when all this was happening. And as you know, it takes a long time for these things to unfold. It's yeah. not like we went and were fighting immediately. It takes time. So right. it was a really easy decision and one of the proudest uh, decisions. Again, uh, probably another self-aware moment. What am I going to do? I, I knew I wasn't even ready to go home. So right. it, was, it was fairly easy. That's amazing. I, you know, I'm going to ask about the next journey here, but you know, just to parlay off of that, because I know exactly what you're talking about. I had suffered a, a pretty bad injury, required surgery, and uh, I knew there was no, no re-enlisting happening. It just wasn't going to happen. I wasn't fit. And uh, so I ended up getting my discharge papers actually the summer of 01. And I mean, my unit was in Afghanistan at the end of October. And uh, the reason that you stayed and that, that passion, like not, now's not the time to leave. I felt that, but could do nothing about it. And, uh, you know, it was just tough, which is why I dedicate so much time to the veteran community today, because whether you serve, uh, you, you often talk rich about service after service. And, uh, I'm a big believer in that. I've started local foundations here in the Pittsburgh area and spend a lot of time with that. And so 17 years, um, and and I'm going to circle back to your military career, but you know, just to kind of tee up your journey, uh, you retire from the Marines and, uh, you're ready to make a splash in corporate America. Tell us about that. (laughs) I, Jeff, I thought I was so ready. Like, here we go. 
you know, combat veteran in the middle of getting his MBA from a private school is USC. I was going to an executive MBA program at the satellite campus in San Diego, which was at the Omni Resort, which is one of the best golf resorts in the world. And there we are at this amazing place and I'm getting my education. Uh, I was getting an MBA because, I, I mean, I have to drop this in there. I, I did not, even though I, I was very confident, I still didn't think I was marketable. Uh, so I was like, I have to get these three letters. Uh, I have to get these three letters. So, uh, so I went and I, <laughs> I actually, I didn't enjoy the experience. And part of it was uh, vulnerability, even though there was other uh, service members in the class. Uh, you know, everyone had a lot of industry experience because it was an executive MBA. So, I mean, just, just so many different backgrounds is very diverse. I mean, there was a surgeon, there was a graphic designer, there was, you know, digital marketing VPs. I mean, you know, you name it, they were in there, CEOs, a lot of finance guys and gals. And um, I just felt out of place. School is just not where I thrive. So, so part of, you know, what I talked about for high school, part of it is, is for lack of a better term, just not my fault. It's just not where I belong. You know, and I'm not trying to be like a Gary Vee here or anything like that, but I just, my attention span is just, just goes to what interests me. And it's just as simple yeah. as that. I, I could, I could really memorize anything you want. Okay. No yeah. problem, but I don't, it never sticks. So um, here I am ready to make my splash. And I mean, I can't tell you how many places I applied and I was like, what, how, what I'm getting rejected. Right wait all you could offer me is this this base salary and I, here i am years, trying to mba yeah, trying to negotiate yeah here i am trying to negotiate and they're just like nope and i'm like you know uh you know this is uh, I, I i knew at my core this is an entry-level position you know and it was very it was very disorienting jeff i, I mean that's the only way to put it is very disorienting and that's why i'm so committed and that's why I also have a podcast to try and just help ease that because I thought I was so ready. There's a lot of people, a lot of other service members who didn't have the time to go to college or right. served less and did, you know, maybe different or maybe kind of obscure uh, MOSs or billets and they're going to need the help. Right. It has not changed much. I mean, right. sure, there's been improvement, but it hasn't changed that much. So that was a rude, rude awakening for me. And I, I felt displaced. No question. So you finally make a break into corporate America with Amazon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe share that story because that's pretty amazing too, which I'm sure there's probably a lot of people that can identify uh, with that story. If you don't mind sharing that piece, you know, no, not you, at all. You, you get there and it's not what you thought you knew early. I knew early. It, it, it's, this is, I will never try and sugarcoat this because it is, it is my truth. And maybe there are some people out there who experience it. And maybe there's people at that company right now who would be like, why would he speak so disparagingly about us? Like, we're amazing. You know, okay, everyone's, we're all in different seasons of our lives. And that season for me was, wow, someone's offering me a lot of money. Wow, it's a huge brand. Wow, they're doing amazing things. And you know what? We're about to have a daughter in a few months. So Rich now becomes this proud Marine veteran who now has an MBA and now has a great job title. He's in this accelerated track and he is going to spend, uh, you know, his money goes a lot farther in Texas and California. So he gets a five bedroom, five bathroom house in Austin. And now I am the provider, the husband, the father in, in the works. You, you just, have arrived. I have arrived. So I thought. 
Um, but the rude awakening continued. And by that, I meant as soon as we started training, I've never told this story, Jeff. I can't wait to tell this right now. We were in training in, uh, in, in Tampa area of Florida. We're in training because we're training at another building. Our building in Austin was not yet complete. So we're driving along. We got to be there uh, very early, of course. So on the way, and I forget whatever the highway is, I'm driving on the highway. And I'm driving, driving, driving. It's still dark out. It's not great weather. And there's headlights pointing at me. I'm like, oh my God, what, what's happening? So there was an accident. I hit the brakes, screech a little bit, and I'm pretty much like right in front of where this accident happened. And immediately in my mind, I'm like, this makes me completely vulnerable right now as well. So I have this marine instinct where even though I, I knew I was maybe unsafe, I needed to see what was going on because there was literally a car upside down right in front of me. Mm. It was an elderly couple. They were in a minivan and there was another car that probably had caused an accident with them in the ditch. I could see those two people were out of the car and they were okay. This elderly couple, we couldn't get them out. So we had to try and get them out of the rear of the van. And by we, it was just one other individual. You could hear cars screeching everywhere. And it was just like, the sound was just terrifying. So we finally helped them out. Cops come. The, the flares are out, the cones are out, everything's good, I'm safe, my heart is pounding because I'm just looking at my car and I'm like, what an idiot, <laughs> like, why would you park it right there, why, and you know, like, like, the, like my emergency lights were going to do nothing on a highway where people are going 60 to 70 miles an hour, Yeah. so everything's slow, and I have my Amazon vest on, and I'm, you know, just making sure everything's okay, giving statements, this, this, and this. I get in the car, I get to Amazon, and a bunch of people are like, dude, we saw you out there. Are you okay? Oh. And I was oh. irate. <laughs> and I told my wife about it. She goes, they're not like us. She's an Army veteran. Right. You know, they were like, I better be on time. Although I just know this guy for a couple weeks now, and we work for the same company, and clearly – you know, he's part of my team or our team or the building we're going to launch together. No one pulled over. And it was like, are you okay? Do you need anything? I was just beside wow. myself. Wow. And that's, that was my first taste of not just culture, but the difference, the, 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 the large difference in mindset yeah. that, uh, you know, what we come from to, to what, what it kind of, how it is out here. Sure. Sure. I, I've never shared that story before. That's amazing too, because, um, you know, talk about your first, it could have been any company, right? That that could have happened to. I mean, whether it was, it could have been any company in the world and the reaction very well could have been the same. Absolutely. And, you know, I know that you got into that training and you realized pretty quick that um, you were in the wrong spot. And yeah. Oh, yeah. you, how long did you spend at Amazon? I spent... Um, two years there. Uh, and that was only because my financial advisor said, you have to stay. <laughs> yeah. So you <laughs> she, knew, she, you knew early, like this wasn't it. I, I I'm going to tell, this is what I'm about to say is very, very valuable information for veterans who may be in a similar situation. It doesn't matter what company you're with, you know, the, the propensity to stick out a situation because you are new to the civilian world, so to speak, because you are happy you got a job, because you probably got a bonus, maybe they relocated you, whatever it may be, uh, 
if you are unhappy, you need to make amends with that immediately. I knew, Jeff, like I, I, every time I go against my gut or my instincts, it always blows up in my face. I'm very in tune with how I feel inside. So what I started doing, and this is the most important thing I wanted to say, was I started reaching out to others in the company, veterans in the company saying, is this how it is? Like, can mm. you get me out of here? Can I go yeah. be a project manager? I don't want to do this. I don't want to be in a warehouse for 12 to 14 hours a day. Like, just all the noise even just bothered me, you know? Just, I, I can't explain it. So all these things. So what happened was, I literally started to give myself a bad reputation because it was just like a guy who didn't want to play. But I did. And by that, I mean, I produced. And I produced big. Uh, I, I had just extremely high-performing teams. I eventually got promoted despite all of that. And I n- I'll never forget my one GM said, it's unnerving how on the fence you are. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. So um, if the conditions here were better and there, you know, I, I mean, I wanted to just say like, if there were better leaders around here, uh, then maybe it'd be a different story. But I, I'll tell you what, and I know this is obviously about leadership and you and I both have a heart for leadership, but you know, that longing for leadership is very real for people like us and maybe yeah. for anyone, people who haven't served. And I love, to have someone to want to be, you yeah. know, because when I surround myself with those people, just like a, a, you know, a military or a Marine Corps ready room, everyone like that, that brings the standard higher and higher right. and higher. That's so right. I know I've been talking for a while, but you're good. That was very challenging. And even though I could produce and even though I could lead and even though I made a difference and I made an impact, I had been depleting who I was just as a person and it started to drip into my personal life. And my main drip, it was like a waterfall. Uh, I was, I was just, you know, you know, really putting my relationship uh, in jeopardy with my wife uh, who just had a baby. I was hardly spending time with my daughter. And then eventually it was just like, okay. So, so the point is, you know, I don't want to say be weary of who you trust, but the openness gets around and, and yeah. you know, it, it's just not as easy as you think to confide and just say, this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. You know, and this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm not sure about. And it, it more becomes, you know, in a company like that or any company that has, you know, a lot of turnover and a lot of people aspiring to be in there. It's an investment to bring you on. Sure. And they need to consider the secession plan. Like, does this guy want to be here or not? Right. And I get it and I get it, but it was tumultuous for me. You know, you you said something that um, about wanting to be around great leadership, and clearly you've been around great leadership, and you've been around some that weren't so great. And I would tell you this: whether whether to the listener, whether you know it or not, you want to be around a great leader. And uh, for those of you that have been around great leadership, and then it's absent, you long for it again. And for those of you that have never been around it. You long for it and don't even know it. That's the whole heart of this podcast is to raise up leaders because whether it's in a military setting, whether it's in business, whether you're starting your own business as an entrepreneur, which we're going to get into here with Rich, and maybe it's even just being you know, at home, I can tell you this, everything will rise and fall at the hand of the leader. And you might be out there saying, well, you know what? I don't really have a great leader, but things are good. Well, we're not here to be good. We're here to reach our fullest potential. And that's the heart of a great leader is to help people reach their fullest potential. So here's Rich, who has experienced great leadership, albeit in the, in the military, and maybe he's around uh, an environment that isn't conducive to that. 
Um, and here you are spending two years grinding it out. It wasn't a skill issue, clearly. You know, you were hitting the KPIs, doing everything that, you know, probably the money was good because the KPIs were there. You, they probably had big plans for you to move on and go up. And here you are, like, almost throwing up on the drive to work every day kind of feeling, I'm assuming. And uh, at some point, you say, enough's enough. And when that day came and you separate from Amazon, what happens next? Well, the only reason that was able to happen, well, there's two reasons that happened. And it's very, very important that I give this uh, bit of advice because I don't want other veterans to make the same mistake. I started taking risks, uh, unnecessary risks uh, at work. And by that, I just mean, you know, cutting corners. And my, my behavior started changing because it got to a point where I actually couldn't care less if I got fired. And I was pretty much approaching that. Uh, and my wife and I talked as we were about to move to launch another facility. And she said, you're done. I couldn't believe it. And I'm so blessed. Like it's literally like it makes me emotional thinking about it. But she allowed me to just be. And we, I, I didn't have a specific plan for myself. But uh, she had just seen how much of a toll had taken on me and the family that she was ready for me to explore the other options. So what that looks like, and I have no issues with this, it looks like a 37-year-old man who served 17 years in the military moves into his in-law's 700-square-foot basement in Blackstone, Virginia, with his wife, his daughter, and his dog. That's what it looks like. And you know what, Jeff? That's exactly what needed to happen. Wow. It was humbling, it was reality, and it helped me realize incredibly fast how much I didn't need in my life. Hmm. It, it helped me realize what I actually need to care about and what I had been caring about with such you know, ferociousness that just didn't even matter. And that eventually evolved into me looking into my curiosities which began with photography and then it became video and just exploring and it was an amazingly interesting time because i had permission to explore it was yeah. and i love i love to say this and this is what i always say to my clients uh, especially or so especially prospects like it's act 2 of your life it's your turn Whatever you want, if you are willing to do some of the things like I did or take the pay cut or downsize or move or whatever it may be, it's so worth it. And it led me to, to where I am now and then starting this business that just focuses on elevating others. And I could not be happier. I mean, I could not be happier. And by the way, I'm making more than I did when I was in the golden handcuffs. Hey, that was, we knew that was, that was going to be part of the story. I mean, uh, success is always going to find a guy like Rich Cardona because of the principles that you apply. You know, I just think it's some people, uh, they don't follow that gut feeling, uh, that, that inside the feels, I call it, you know, that, you know, that, that passion, what are you driving towards? And that's not, I'm not saying if you're listening to this and, you know, you have a great corporate job that we're saying, hey, you need to jump ship and go be an entrepreneur. That's not for everybody. But I think the message that I would say and that I think Rich is saying is that 
you have to trust where it is that you're being called to be. You know, if you're making that trip into the office every day and you're disgusted and you don't feel like you're fulfilling what your calling is, you know, that's going to be a problem uh, because in Rich's case, it bled out into his family. It bled out into his new daughter that had just arrived. And that's just not healthy. And most times we've heard, it, we've heard it said so many times, when you find something that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And uh, I follow Rich on social media. I got to tell you, um, he is one of the most interesting men in the world. He looks like he is having a blast out there. And some of the people that he's had an opportunity to meet and interview, just give him a teaser, Rich, as far as maybe some things, I guess, tee up what you are doing now and how you've met you know, and, and talked with and rubbed elbows with, you know, the likes of, uh, of Claude, of a Gary V of yeah. a Pat Flynn yeah. and just amazing. Yeah, I absolutely will. I have to circle back to one thing you said, please. And, and I saw a meme for this and it was a gentleman, it was a, it was a retired Marine. He's in his fifties. He goes, have fun in your twenties, thirties and forties because the check engine light comes on a lot in your fifties. Hmm. And, 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 and here's, here's what that means to me. It means that you do not want to get to the point where you start contemplating all the decisions you've made over the last couple of decades. Mm. I completely agree with you. I do not sit here. I'm not sitting here trying to say, leave your ridiculous corporate job or, or leave your job, you know, you know, you know, screw the man or whatever. It's not like that. It's, if you're unhappy and you recognize that, what is your threshold? What is your threshold for how long you are willing to place yourself in a situation that you actually have more control of than you think? You have to consider that. So all that being said, uh, you know, I, no one wants to live with regrets and, and that's exactly what happened. And I realized it was time uh, to do something different. Now, to, to, as far as the rubbing elbows, everyone always says, how did you, you end up in Gary V's office? How did you talk to Pat Flynn, Beth Comstock, the former vice chair of GE? You know, I, I'll tell you how I asked. <laughs> I, I Come asked, on, Rich. There's got to be more, right? <laughs> I, I, you, I don't want to say I, was, I had nothing to lose, but why not? And I just tried to make compelling subject lines. Marine aviator interviews media mogul. I don't know, something like that. But, uh, awesome to me. you know, I, I, yeah, these people were people who, inter uh, when, when you're so hungry for leadership, you just want to meet great leaders. And right. when there's these people with great personal brands and you could see the, they're just oozing leadership and the kind of, of change capacity that I love, I am like a bullet train, you know, and to, to, to meet them and to learn from them and to, to siphon some of their knowledge and to, to help it grow myself but more importantly, the veteran community. Yeah. So, so that is where I live. But yeah, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, I, as a matter of fact, um, I didn't tell you this. Uh, I am sitting down with him on Veterans Day at VaynerMedia for a half hour for the leadership locker. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. On Veterans Day? On Veterans Day. Wow. I know. I, I'm, wow. Yeah. Now, well, you're now. In, wait, I mean, this, I can, that's public, right? Or not it yet. is public. All it right. is public. I don't, know, so I don't know when this is going to air. Actually, this is going to air before you do that. Uh, do that, Rich. So, yes. uh, hey, champion now. form. You got the uh, you got the spoil alert. Rich <laughs> is going to be interviewing Gary V on Veterans yeah. Day. 
Now, I will say this. I'm completely prepared, and this is another reason why I've been able to succeed, for something to come up and he's not available. But as of now, it's on. But I don't let, uh, you know, in, in entrepreneurship, there's so many setbacks. There's so many people who say no, and there's a lot of people who say yes. Uh, that you know persistence is a key and and it's it's i don't think people detect anything phony about my approach it it is not about vanity it is not about notoriety it is not you will make me famous it is about i appreciate what you're doing to a level that i i i have to do whatever it takes to let you know how grateful i am in person and that's exactly what i did i had met gary once before I uh, swindled my way into that at a conference and, and <laughs> I got five, I got five minutes with him and I will tell you, this is extremely important, by the way, I, I told, we, we, we were discussing my business and I just told him first and foremost, how grateful I am uh, about so many different things and that he's changed my life. And I said, I, 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 I'm missing leadership. I'm missing leadership so desperately. And, and I find myself just loathing, loathing bad leaders and I was still fresh off my experience at that company. Yeah. And he goes, that's your, he goes, that's your flaw. And I was like, what? And he goes, that's your flaw. He goes, you just need to be pure, purely on the offense. He goes, it's not their fault. He goes, it's not your fault. None of it matters. He goes, if you are able to fix that, you are going to be surprised at what happens in your life. He and was right. I'm still, <laughs> he was, and I, I said to him, no expletives, <laughs> let me say, I said to him something and he just started laughing. He's like, I know, I don't know how I do it. I mean, it was just like, I've known him forever, but, uh, but I, I couldn't believe he solved it like that. So, um, but anyway, this goes back to your point and what I think Champion Forum is all about, which is, is leadership is just this gasoline that can really set so many things ablaze. Really if, is. If, if, if you seek it out, if you seek it out and, and if you at least start to notice that there's more, if you are comfortable where you are, there's probably room for more. You know, if you are not happy where you are, there's room for more. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Transition is not a bad thing and discomfort's not a bad thing. And because we are on the subject of leadership right now, but I do want to come back to the entrepreneur and unpack that a little bit more, but you know, I want, clearly it's a, a leadership podcast. We're raising up uh, leaders to help others reach their fullest potential while reaching theirs. 17-year um, uh, military career. Uh, maybe tell the audience a little bit about, you know, what you did in the military. And then tell us a little bit about sure. what the military taught you about what leadership is supposed to be. Absolutely. Uh, I was an E1 when I entered and I got out as a captain. And when I retired at 17 years, I had spent exactly half of my life in the Marine Corps. I'll never forget that. What I learned about leadership was that I didn't know I hadn't been exposed to it yet. I watched, I'm a first generation American. I watched my parents, my grandparents, my other side of grandparents, my uncles, my aunts. I watched all of them work very, 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 very hard. But the anatomy and the understanding of, of leadership lessons, not just example, but, but just to have it articulated, to learn it, to understand it, to be surrounded by it, that all took place in the military. I, I never, ever understood what it meant to not think of myself first mm -hmm. until then. 
Um, and it's different on the enlisted levels and on the officer levels. But what, what I can say is what I noticed is the camaraderie that exists in a military environment is completely unable to be duplicated on the outside. And that's not to say anything bad about the outside. It's true. It's not. It's true. It, it's, it's not. It's, 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 it's different, Jeff. And when people talk about it's about the person on your left and right, like it is literally about the person on your left and right. You that's right. will be shocked. For those of you who've never been in these situations, you will be shocked at how much you are willing to do for someone else, how it's instinctual, it's, it's, it's second nature. You'd, will within a millisecond make a decision that benefits the other person or protects the other person That's rather right. than yourself. Yeah. So that is what I learned more than anything. And look, I lost a lot of friends in my last few years, which definitely played a part in why I retired early. Um, and, you know, the other thing I learned was that what we have to offer this world and the manner in which we have to offer it gets unveiled over the course of your life. You can never actually realize your capabilities, your purpose, and the drivers behind your performance if you stay in situations that don't challenge you. And I believe, and I, I think I could say this with pretty, pretty accurately, is that the military will place you in situations that you likely will never be tested in again. And in those situations, what I have seen from the people around me, and I love my brothers and sisters from the Marine Corps, was performance, execution, tenacity, grit, and heart bigger than I've ever seen at the most critical moments possible. And it is just the most overwhelming thing to conceptualize once you're removed from it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, I, I gave a, uh, I gave a talk recently to a group rich and, uh, the topic that I was speaking on was leading without authority. And I told them that the, the military taught me best how to do that. And, uh, you know, I remember even, even as an E1, like you were, we, I had a drill instructor every day that would read us the soldier's creed. And it talked, it talked exactly about why we were there and that it was no longer about you. It was about the team. And you started becoming a leader as an E1 without yes. authority because you found opportunities. And as I was giving this speech, Rich, I thought about the movie Pearl Harbor. And I don't know if you remember this, this scene, but the scene is there's this kitchen aid. He, you know, he's yep. cleaning dishes yep. and we're being bombed in Pearl Harbor. And there's... I mean, ships are going down. The worst case scenario, the gunner gets shot from a plane. This guy doesn't even think about it. He comes from outside the kitchen, gets behind, and just starts trying to shoot at the enemy. That's instinct. That's leading without any authority. He was probably never even trained how to use the equipment. And I tell Correct. people all the time, if you can take, and you're right, Rich, like if you haven't been there, you can't really experience. But here's what I know. The human element is always in play. And all, whether you were in the military or not, you're capable. And when I try to get leaders in that mindset of what they're capable of doing, I always say, look, think about the time whenever maybe you got the call that um, so-and-so's in the hospital and it's not looking good. What did you do? 
and they start telling the story about what they did. And, you know, I think so many times we take leadership as a casual approach because we're chasing the W-2 or the title or the perks or the jet or the whatever it might be. And we lose full, full sight of there are people here and their lives are at stake. We don't know what's going on. And I think the military is a, a great way to learn. There's no question about it. And if you could maybe pour your experience from the military, even knowing that there's so many people listening that didn't get that experience and maybe never will, if there was two or three things that you pulled that makes a great leader that you saw in the military that's made you a great leader and you would give them that advice, what would those two or three things be? Uh, the greatest leader I ever served under was named Colonel Michael Moore, uh, who ironically ended up at Amazon. I was going to work for him. Um, I will tell you one quality that stands out about him that I think will make you a very, very, very effective leader. And that is just fairness. I think it is the most underrated, you know, everyone talks about being on time, staying late or, you know, getting there early, staying late, doing you know having initiative but fairness having the lenses to look at situations with fairness first is i think a unbelievable differentiator and he was a squad uh, he was a marine aircraft group commander it's 11 uh, 10 or 11 squadrons underneath him five thousand sailors and marines and i was his legal officer on you know towards the end of my uh, career and uh, he was my only, uh, you know, the only person I had to report up to. And this gentleman allowed me to voice my opinion, you know, after consulting with other lawyers in the Marine Corps and all these things, all these different aspects. And we would sit there and he gave me the opportunity to present, you know, to him what I thought the direction we should go. And I was a captain. This is a colonel. He didn't need to hear from me. But that was one thing. But it was more importantly, it was all the different situations that we encountered, which, as you know, <laughs> there's there's never a shortage of crazy stories in the service. And we would examine these and I just watched him. And I don't want to say he was forgiving, but he was just fair. I was very much in the mentality of like, no second chances when it comes to this, this is aviation, or this is this, or there's zero tolerance for this. Why are we even talking about it? But he was extremely fair. The other thing I would say about leaders, uh, the, the most important thing you could do is just to be present. And I mean, it's so simple, but you just have to be present. You have to be seen. You have to be heard. You have to be approachable. And all that only happens if you are present and you are willing to invest the time around the people in a capacity that is obviously other than what they can do for you. Mm. That's it. It's, 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 yeah. it's not about that anymore. You know, I mean, I cannot tell you how many times, and this used to disturb me to my wit's end was I need, hey, Rich, I need, hey, Rich, I need this. I, it's like, how about, can we? How about that? Right. How about if I'm going to give someone feedback and we go into a room and there's a whiteboard, I'm not sitting on the other side of the table. We're sitting on the same side of the table. The problem's on the wall. And we're looking at it together. Like, how can we solve this problem? Yeah. You immediately take authority out of it. And, and that's it. So it's just about being present. And if you're present, then people will trust you. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't always make the right decisions, yeah. they know at least you're dedicated to put the time in to just be around, to listen, to observe, because you're not always going to get everything verbally, Jeff. And you know that. Absolutely. There's, non, it, like, there's all the nonverbal cues in the world if you're around enough that so-and-so is not right today. Yeah. 
You know, I How's tell people going? all the time, Rich, that, um, and, and I think to try to get leaders in that perspective is it's leadership isn't what you do. It's who you are. You know, yeah. you can't just turn it on and turn it off and expect things just to go beautifully. And we're, you, to your point, we are going to make mistakes. And, you know, I think whenever you make the deposits as a leader and you include the team, it allows you to make bigger mistakes because they know your heart. You know, before we go, uh, go off the subject of leadership and back into talking about your experience as an entrepreneur, anybody else in the military, 17 years, anybody that, that you would want to honor or that's made a big impact that you would tell the listener, like, be more like this soldier? They're, they're not here anymore. Some of the people that I hold in the greatest glory are no longer here and they left the world a little too early. And what they were, Jeff, were people who were at complete peace with themselves. They were, they were never people who asked anyone for anything ever. I went to a funeral recently for a friend of mine, Matt, at Arlington Cemetery. I'd never been there before. And I made some LinkedIn content in the car as we were leaving because so many people showed up. And every story you could ever hear about it was what Matt did for someone, what he did, what he did, what he did. Literally a story of how he gave the shirt off his pack to someone who needed it. And I said in the car, my wife's filming. I'm like, I have to get this on camera because I don't want this thought to flee. I was like, he lived to give. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. I don't know how to express it, but there is a certain fundamental altruism from the people I admire the most that outweighs almost any amazing technical superiority, period. And that is what some of my dear friends or my exo who passed and, and just some of these people, it's hard to explain, but it's just altruism and just literally, this is so cliche, but it's the absolute truth. Just leaving the world a better place than when, you know, than it was when you arrived. And, 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 and that's it. I mean, that's it. Rich, I, um, I truly appreciate you being vulnerable. And I think it's, it's a real value add for people to hear that. And especially on a leadership podcast, you're on this podcast because you either aspire to lead or you're leading now. And uh, I think it's so important that uh, we have to realize, you know, Rich just gave a tribute to Matt. And um, I, I, think, um, I think it's in, in a very important reminder as a leader that you're writing your obituary now. And the yeah. deposits that you make, uh, you're not going to write your obituary. Somebody else is going to write that for you. And people are, there's things people are going to say, and I'll bet it's not going to be all the, the trips that you won and the trophies that you made and uh, the W-2s that you had. And as leaders, you have the ability, you have the awesome opportunity to make impact and influence on the lives of others that will create a legacy that will stand the test of time. We heard Rich just talk about Matt that way because of those deposits. Who are you being? Who are you being the Matt? 
I can promise you, if you want the W-2, if you want the statue, you want the building named after you, you want the glory, go seek the, go seek the gift. Go seek the gift of leadership. And I promise you, success and excellence and all the accolades will come chase you down. And I think Rich makes a very good point there. And it's one that we should absolutely live by our examples by as leaders. Because at the end of the day, you will have to look back on this. And you will have to give an account as a leader as to the impacts that you made. The business results will come. There's a difference of having people work for you and working with you. There's a difference between people doing something because it's their job and doing it because they don't want to let you down. Matt seems like the kind of guy that nobody wanted to let down. And that's the kind of leaders that we need to be, folks. So, Rich, you, uh, you go into entrepreneurship. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you start grassroots in the basement, and you're ready to make a go of this thing. Why, why did you pursue being an entrepreneur, and what advice would you give others that are looking potentially to make that leap as well? This, is, this advice can be received in so many different ways, and if you ask 50 people, you'll get 50 different answers. I, I pursued entrepreneurship because another self-aware moment i knew i just knew jeff i just i was destined for more yeah i knew it and i knew that i was just in a position where frankly i was done listening to others i was done working for others you know i i, I had done plenty of that and i knew i could succeed but it was it was my turn and more importantly it's not about the convenience or the coolness of not having a boss. It's right. because when you have an overarching mission or when you're at a company where the mission, mission, the vision and values are written all over the walls and all these different things, guess what? You do that as an entrepreneur and that is a leadership challenge extreme. Yeah. No matter how much you have it figured out, no matter how amazing your idea is, no matter how confident you are in yourself, you will find yourself questioning your leadership ability. And that's exactly the kind of jolt to the system I needed. Literally, Jeff, today, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be so real right now. One of my uh, part-time employees uh, left. And I'm not going to lie here. Like I was certainly giving feedback of disappointment because I had given such clear instructions, documents, screen flows, and it just wasn't working out. And I sat here with my wife and I said, I feel like I have my head up my, you know what? Like I have, like, I just feel like a terrible leader. Like what yeah. happened to me? And you know what, what a real leader should do and what I am going to do is not dwell time to move on do what I have to do to fill that vacancy in the meantime and look for a better qualified person. And that's it. I'm going to lose a million times over the course of this entrepreneur, this journey. It's just the way it is. But the ability to have a very quick, uh, you know, uh, just to forget things pretty quickly is, is, is very important. And that's just not something we're used to where precision, rigidity and structure are everything to people like you and I who've served or anyone who's served in a very prominent thriving organization. Yep. So, the challenge of leadership and entrepreneurship is one that people overlook for just the sound of the word entrepreneurship and, right. and all the things that are entailed in, 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 in it. You will find yourself alone and afraid, not alone and unafraid, alone and afraid because at this point, no matter how much you've invested in everyone and how much everyone's invested in you, you are on an island. 
and it is all you. Yeah. And how do you convince people to hop on this ride with you? Yeah. Because it is not easy. How do you convince, you know, it's like asking for money. Do you understand how difficult that is? <laughs> so that's why. And I would not change a thing. That's awesome. So, you know, we, you know, anybody that's ever like, I remember my wife was buying a restaurants and I dove into real estate a little bit as some side hustles. There's a lot of side hustle people that listen to this podcast as well. They're good in corporate America and they're trying their side thing and whatever. But you can Google like uh, the five steps to becoming an entrepreneur and we can get all that, like create a business plan, have a good accountant, get a good lawyer. Like I got it. Okay. Checked all those boxes. Tell, tell the audience, tell the listener that's chasing what you're doing right now, what do they need to know that they couldn't Google search it and find it anywhere? That you can't screw it up if you wake up every day ready to hit it. You can't. Every day you will incrementally get better, whether it's through failures or success. But if you wake up and you say, I don't want to play today, forget it. Forget it. Yeah. Like just, just. You go ahead and turn in your jersey, whatever you want, you know, just that's it. But if you wake up every day and it's not, and please, I hope your listeners do not confuse this. It is not the same as, well, now I need to provide for my family. Now everything financially is, you know, relying on me or how are we going to keep this business alive? It's not about the money. It's just about the desire. Like everything else will work itself out. And that sounds like a terrible idea. That sounds like terrible advice, but you know what? For every person that teaches entrepreneurship, for every article on entrepreneurship, on entrepreneurship, like you might as well just read it and forget it because right. it is an individual journey, is an individual experience. I actually am a huge advocate against business plans. I am, don't don't get an accountant, don't file an LLC, don't do any of that. You just got just some people try. really excited, Rich. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, like, come on, yeah, I know exactly. Right? Like, here's, the, here's the cheat code. Here's the cheat code. But but Jeff, like. You have to, you have to just do, you have to do. And, and, and Dory Clark is amazing author, um, you know, bestseller Forbes three times. Uh, she has a book called entrepreneurial you standing out, just reinventing you, which is, is amazing. But she, and when I was interviewing her, she said, learning is a form of procrastination and she is dead on. Mm, that's good. You, you have to act. You have to execute every day. And you know what, Jeff, uh, I have no idea how we are on time, but this past week I was at a, a conference and I left and I realized the entire time I was a totally, a total negative Nancy, Debbie Downer, whatever you want to call it. My wife, I brought her along because I wanted her to get exposure to the video business. And you know what I learned? I know so much more than I gave myself credit for. Number <laughs> one. Number two was what a waste of money. You know Why? Because yeah. I am part of a couple other programs with some high profile people. I have invested in this. And you know what? Every time the trajectory is going upwards and you stop, just think of, you know, like, and you're running downtown Chicago or something. You're not going to stop and look into the window of that shop that looks really interesting to you. No, you're going to keep running. Just right. keep running. So every conference, every, everything that I've subjected myself to in the last year has actually in a way been a setback because it didn't allow me to mm. focus on what I needed to do to execute. And the only thing you really need, Jeff, is just a goal, period. I have a goal and I'm halfway there. 
And if I hadn't gone to probably three or more of these conferences, I'd probably be 80% of the way there. And that was my epiphany. So yeah. you know what? And, and you're going to hear it right here. And this, this has been a podcast. of I haven't said this yet. I haven't said this yet. I love it. I love it. I'm drawing <laughs> it all out. But um, I am not. You will not see me at a conference or an event for the next 365 days unless I'm invited to speak. Period. That's it. Like blinders on. I'm taking this to the next level. And you know what? I'm sure nothing's going to happen if I'm on social a little bit less or if I don't take the time to go to this mastermind, if I don't take the time to go to whatever con, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I, am, I am so excited to just be like, Focus. it's time to tune out the noise. That's it. Man, Rich, that, that is great advice. I, this, this happens in my life too. I always tell people I go like a mile wide and an inch deep because I'm just like, I'll just run through walls. Like, I, and I don't even know, like, I just see it out there and I'll just run through walls. I'll get, I'll spread out so wide, but I find that the most successful leaders, the most successful business people, they would rather go an inch wide and a mile deep. And I think you have to know what those levers are in your, in your own life to figure what that is. Because I think the world does tell us like, look, and look, it works for Gary Vee and it works for a lot of these social media people. Like you got to post a hundred times a day and 15 stories and be, you know, do 15 TikToks <laughs> and go to this con and that con and, you know, yeah. and, and look, there's value in those, but you can get so busy being busy that you forget oh that God. you're, you're running a business. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, last I checked, you know, you need customers to do that. And, uh, but it's been exciting to watch you do it. Cause I saw your first video that you, you did a, you did a video literally uh, I forget it was a pickup truck or a minivan and you're loading a U-Haul. And then, <laughs> yeah. and so I was so attracted to this and I'm thank, so thankful that we got introduced. But now like within the last five weeks, I'd say four weeks, I'm seeing landed another client, got this interview and you'll, yeah. it's almost prophetic because you'll call it out on social media. But you know, I love the saying that um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I got to yeah. tell you this, man, if you have a dream and a passion, you won't let hell or high water stop you from getting it. You know, here's Rich, uh, very similar in high school, misdirected, misguided. I wasn't running to the military. I was running from a situation. I am not college educated. And uh, I've been able to go up through the ranks of corporate America. I've yet to arrive. But I can tell you this, I will absolutely outwork you and you will not replace my why. I don't know if we can teach that, Rich. I think it's either something that you bring or you don't. But if you have it um, and you have it in truckloads, I promise you, there won't be an obstacle that comes in your way. You got to make sure that you identify with what engages your motivation because it will be the thing that stands the test of time when you're sitting alone trying to build the empire. I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, just the, the one thing I wanted to mention is, is, is part of what you said and part of one of the points I was trying to make is, you know, when you're trying to move a, a mountain, you have to start with all the small stones, you know, yeah. uh, what, what's a distraction? Like it, it, it's, um, this is one takeaway, a really good process engineer from Amazon used to say, he's like, you're either in standard or you're not, there's nothing in between. You're either working towards your goal or not. There's nothing in between, nothing. And, and, and that just takes a level of humility to audit yourself on the regular and and it's just really interesting although i think i've been doing a lot and i've been doing a lot right there's plenty of work but i'm not going to beat myself up about it 
Right. I'm just really happy that this exp- that conference that I shouldn't have gone to actually gave me a ton of ROI because yeah. I might hit my goal in two months. I mean, I, I have no idea, but you know, so here we are. But yeah, uh, great. It's great. You have to know what you want. Yeah. I got two questions left for you, Rich. All right. So uh, one one is uh, one that I like to ask. I'm going to save that one to the end. But any veterans that might be listening, or maybe you're listening to this. And you know a veteran that has recently transitioned, uh, is about to transition, which is probably a lot of us in, in today's age. Um, so you're either that veteran listening or you know somebody that is. Rich, what advice would you give that veteran that's transitioning? Um, and what would you tell them that they need to stay focused on to transition well? Part of what I do is, is to, 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 to make sure that people realize their value that they have to bring and through visibility you have to be visible and you have to be visible the right way and when it comes to the two words personal brand you usually don't associate that as a major in the marine corps or in the army or in the air force or whatever that has a personal brand okay now there's so many different opinions on what that actually means but you have to position yourself early, early. Like I, I hate the question. Like you know, I'm three months out. Is it too early to prepare? Like, and, and I shouldn't hate it, but I'm, I'm just saying. Like now that I know, it's, I wish I would have prepared two years out, one year out, however long. It starts with having a presence, and you know, no one has to take this advice, but my wife has been encouraging me to say it more and more because she knows how deeply I feel about it. But social media, having a, a professional profile or a profile at all. If you don't have one in the next five years, then you're probably going to be obsolete because that is, in effect, your portfolio, who you are, what yes. you care about, why you do it. Um, and obviously, obviously, you know, LinkedIn is, is a huge part of that. So when it comes to transitioning service members, my advice, my, my biggest advice would be to make sure that you're visible and, and do so coming from a place of not your title, not your service, not anything, but who you are just alone and in your purest form. If you've been a logistician for the last 15 years and you don't care about logistics, even though you were successful at it, and in actuality, you really enjoy teaching swim, you know, or whatever it may be, then you need to know that and be unflinchingly honest with yourself about it and start working your way towards that. Because what you probably are going to do is say, well, it's so easy for me literally to laterally move into this logistics company because my resume fits it. You know what? I say, don't do that. I say that the courage that you had to serve in a volunteer military force and the courage you had if you've been combat combat deployed or just deployed and away from your family, all that courage that you had and, and experienced, tap into that again and do what you want. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself on the other side of a very visceral, disorienting, unhappy transition. You're not going to know who to talk to. You might fall into a depression. You probably get out of shape. You might start drinking excess because you've lost your tribe. You've already lost your tribe. And if you don't start trying to construct a new tribe, where you want to be, how you want to be, doing what you want to do, then it's going to be very challenging. So be visible so people know who you are and what you want, mm. and they will find you. They will find you, I'm telling you. 
Love that. Love that. Get that advice into some people's hands. And if you're a veteran, Rich is a living example. He's done it. Uh, he probably didn't think he was going to be doing what he's doing now, but here he is. He is an entrepreneur. Last question. This is the million yep. dollar. This is the money maker, Rich. <laughs> this is it. it. At the end of every show, I tell my listeners that they've been set up to be a champion in this life. What does that mean to you? We're all here for a reason. And when you figure out that reason, your life will dramatically change. Uh, we, you know, there's, there's a saying that um, if, if you don't use your time wisely, someone else will use it for you. Uh, something, something along those lines. Yeah, right. And the like, most paramount understanding of just being alive and just give it, having been given the gift of life, if you just find out what it is you were meant to do, which is very hard work, which requires leadership, which requires vulnerability and courage. When you figure that out, I think it changes the trajectory of everything you knew before that. I, I honestly just, just, and, and this is not some weird, you know, fluffy advice. This is real life. I, I mean, look, I'm going to be really honest here. I told you earlier, I lost a lot of friends. I have a very, very deep fear of mortality. Deep, deep fear, Jeff. And mm. I have been able to combat that more as an entrepreneur than before. And the reason is I have just discovered why I'm here, what I'm meant to do, and who I'm meant to serve. Mm. I am crystal clear on that. And because of that, I'm okay. I'm, I don't live in fear. I don't live in fear anymore. I'm okay. Do the work. Do the work. It's, it's act two. It's your turn. Figure it out. Tap into your courage, and you're going to be fine. Rich, you are a champion, my man. You are <laughs> a champion. And uh, I wrote notes the whole time you were talking here to circle back on some of these, uh, some of these thoughts, some of these points. So how can, how can our listeners get a hold of you? What resources do you have that could maybe help them? Uh, whether it be social media, uh, obviously LinkedIn, Instagram, your, your webpage, uh, you yep. do amazing things and you have helped some of the largest companies in our country and some of the most well-known executives that are out there and <laughs> well-branded. So uh, yeah. you're not too big for the little guy and you're not too little for the big guy. How can you help them and how can they uh, get a hold of you? Uh, I, would, I would love to, to help, uh, obviously, veterans, transitioning service members, military spouses, military families as, as much as humanly possible. Uh, what I've uncovered, obviously, not obviously, but over the last couple of days was that I don't have anything out there that exists right now. Like your LinkedIn blueprint, your transition blueprint. And you know why? Because again, when you start questioning yourself as a leader, uh, what happens is you say, well, someone's already done that. That doesn't mean they've reached everybody. Like, who are we kidding here? So, so uh, I hope by the time this comes out, I have uh, some material out there. And if I do, you will find it at richcardonamedia.com uh, and you will find it on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn and it's Rich Cardona on LinkedIn as well. 
Uh, it's Rich Cardona Media on, on some of the other platforms. And what I really try and do is is not only take you on the journey along with me, which um, I'm so so honored that you've actually followed it, and the the video you're talking about is horrendous and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> um, but uh, but you know, I want to take you on the journey, and I'm also now really focusing on just providing value. I, I mean, everyone has these 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 just weird emotions and this reluctance to actually just project what they know because they don't want other people to steal it or because it's, there's enough to go around. There's, oh, a, yeah. there's, there's enough to go around everybody. Sure. So, so that's where you could find me. Um, I, I absolutely would love to, to be invited to speak if you're having any type of uh, event that requires a speaker to talk about entrepreneurship, the military transition, or, uh, you know, value through visibility on social media. That, that is truly my specialty. Uh, I, I live to tell other people's stories and to make sure that at the end of the night, they say, wow, you know, I, I've really reached some people today. We all want to have impact and that's why I'm here to yeah. help you have impact. So let yeah. me know what I can do for you. Yeah, if you need any video content, anything like that, I remember watching something he did for Heather Monahan um, <laughs> at an event that she did and turned it around in like 90 minutes, something crazy <laughs> and great, great quality. And listen, Rich is too humble to, uh, to promote his leadership podcast on a leadership podcast, but Rich, tell them how they can, uh, how they can tune into your podcast as well. Yes, the podcast is is completely independent of my business. It is it is my passion. The leadership locker is where I, you know, I interview influencers and industry experts and and just gauge their knowledge and give it to transitioning service members and military families who who are approaching or in the middle of their transition. The reason is, uh, while you and I could talk forever. Um, there, I do believe there is, 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 is a propensity to have an echo chamber of veteran to veteran advice. And you know what? Why don't we hear it from those who haven't served? Because I guarantee we're probably going to get some takeaways that are just just there. And, and it, it's they, they're on the show to help. Right. Take the help. You know, and that's yeah. one last thing I want to say is that when someone extends an olive branch, you take it when you yeah. get out. Do not be yeah. afraid to take the help. You've been in the, on the other side of it where you're offering the help. That's and serving right. And serving and serving take the olive branch when it is offered to you sure get that humble pie summon your patience and go well said rich well listen check him out on uh, social media check out his website if that's uh, anything that he does is already in your budget just funnel those uh opportunities over to rich tell him that the champion forum sent you and uh, rich thank you for investing time into our listeners most importantly Thank you for your service to our country. Thank you for service after service and for giving back. And to all of you veterans that are out there listening, on behalf of everybody here at the Champion Forum, we value you. We value everything that you've done, the sacrifices that you've made. Those of you that have lost loved ones uh, in wartime, we thank you for your sacrifice. We consider it a great honor to carry on the tribute of everything that you all are doing out there. And uh, on, on behalf of the Champion Forum, we're in your corner and we value and appreciate all that you do. If you ever have questions for me, questions on this episode, feel free to email me at jeffhancher at thechampionform.com, and you can visit my website, follow me on social media. Ideas for an upcoming podcast, I'd love to hear about it. Questions you'd like me to answer on a podcast, I'm here to support you. This is why this podcast was created, and I want to add value to your, your leadership journey. And until next time, folks, you have got to remember this. You have absolutely been set up to be a champion in this life.
the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. Win.